got to know where you're going if you're going to work with God. Where is God wanting to take you? What is God trying to make you? And you work together with God in making sure that the trip is a good one along the way. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue a message called Preparation for Your Destination. And Pastor, what we just heard a few moments ago ties so well with the title of the sermon. Where is this destination? I mean, where is God wanting to take us and what is he trying to make of us? Right. Well, for each and every one of us, for Lottie, Dottie, and everybody, what God is doing is conforming us to the image of his son, our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 8:29. What is the goal of God for every believer? That we look like Jesus, that we act like Jesus, that we talk like Jesus, that we love like Jesus, that we serve like Jesus. That's his goal, you know, like Christ, mm -hmm. to be like Christ. And when we begin to look at what everything that God allows to happen or everything that God authorized to happen in our lives, that's the ultimate purpose for us as individuals. He wants to chip off of Ford Ford so that Ford looks more like the Lord. Hey, that's pretty good. That, that but, works for you. Well, yeah, that works I'm, for I'm me. Super, not not yeah. for Hiller. It, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on that and I'm it coming does. up blank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's God's goal, you know. And Paul said, my goal is to present every man perfect in Christ. And the word perfect is the Greek word teleos. It literally means to fulfill that for which you have been created. Hmm. And so God created me for a purpose. He conforming me into the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus does the work through me. Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave him himself for me. There's an old adage that goes, just one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. Well, you remember what Dr. John Piper did? He changed the shorter Westminster Catechism, which says the chief end of man is to glorify God mm -hmm. and enjoy him forever. He changed the preposition. The chief mm -hmm. end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. Hmm. I think that's more profound. Wow. Think about that. But here's what I did. I changed that one. Okay. Just one life will soon be passed, but only what's done by Christ will last. Hmm. What does that mean? Only thing that God sees as acceptable is what Christ did through me. Sure. So he imputed righteousness and put it in me, yep. implanted it so that it's embedded, and now it should be imparted so that others can be ministered to by the Jesus in me. It is all through and by him, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. Well, let's uh, continue to look at that from Hebrews chapter 12 as we continue the message, Preparation for Your Destination. Here is Pastor Ford. So they always talk about the GOAT. I mean, know what the acronym is, GOAT. Greatest of all time. And, and so in basketball, Holler it out. Who, who is the goat of all time? At least up to this point, you know, many, many try to imitate, but none have been able to duplicate. Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time 
up to this point anyway. I know LeBron fans. I know Steph Curry fans. Uh, that's all right. We can go down the list, uh, but there's no argument uh, that he is uh, the greatest. Uh, now, I bring out uh, Mike uh, because he said some things I think uh, are really relevant to what we're studying. Here's what he said, quote, some people want it to happen. Some people wish it would happen. Other people make it happen. And so you, what category are you in? Uh, we're in one of three categories. We either want it to happen, wish it would happen, or we're making it happen. Now, when we look at the fact that he was the greatest of all time in basketball, uh, what was it that distinguished him from everybody else? Well, I just wrote down there, if you Google it, there's 20 things that made Michael Jordan unique. I put down number four because it really relates to where I'm going in this text. Listen to it. Number four, practice every day. I'm not out there sweating for three hours every day just to find out what it feels like to sweat, said Michael Jordan. When Jordan first tried out for his high school basketball team, he didn't make varsity. In an interview with ESPN, Jordan described how he felt. It was embarrassing not making that team. They posted the roster and it was there for a long, long time without my name on it. I remember being really mad too because there was a guy that made it that really wasn't as good as me. Anybody ever go through that? We preachers do all the time. You don't preach as good as me. How you got a church of 10,000? <laughs> so Jordan channeled his embarrassment and anger into motivation during practice. Quote, whenever I was working out and got tired and figured I ought to stop, I closed my eyes and see that list on the locker room without my name on it. And that usually got me going again. Jordan became better at playing than everyone else by first becoming better at practicing than everyone else. Until the end of his career, Michael was known to be the first person to get to the gym and the last person to leave. Preparation. So why was he the greatest of all time? Because there was preparation for his destination. I, I got to throw my little plug in here. You know what one of my goals is uh, to have a bestseller. And so uh, my publisher uh, for my new book is Urban Ministries. And I'm working with her sister, Ann Leach. And I said to her, what can I do in terms of my participation in helping you, helping me have a bestseller? You know what she said? She gave me a list. I got 10 things I'm supposed to do. And here was the first one. Get people to give you a review on Amazon. I didn't understand that. All I know is she put that first, so that's what I started working on. I had one review. I started calling people. You read my book yet? Matter of fact, I might as well enlist you. How, how many read my book so far? O okay, go to Amazon, go on my book, and write a review. Because the more reviews you have, the more Amazon pushes your book. Yeah, but you get the idea. Where are you headed? Is it business? What is it? Is it marriage? Uh, I mean, you know, I tell people all the time, and maybe you're not married yet because maybe that person is ready for you, but you ain't ready for the person. That God has to get you ready. And so the person's waiting in the wings, and God is working on you to get you ready because if He brought the person to you now, you probably run them away. 
anyway and so when we begin to look at this the writer of the book of hebrews is telling us now that we need to have preparation for our destination and of course what's the destination he's pushing us for maturity in christ that we would be conformed to the image of our lord and savior jesus christ that's god's ultimate goal for every believer and so we saw last time you have to change what's wrong uh, that's verse 12 change what's wrong wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and we talked about that last week here it is let me summarize it before we move on don't let the one thing keep you from the everything that god has for you that's what the writer of the book of hebrews is trying to get them to understand they're going back to the ritual of the old testament sacrifices thinking that's going to add something to it and he says, no, when you got Jesus, you have everything you need. In him we live and move and have our being. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So everything that you think you're getting by leaving Jesus, you're losing because Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you and ever happened to me. And so, you know, you remember Achan, he did it. Achan went and took those clothes and all he had to do was just wait for one more city. Because Jericho, everything in Jericho was anathema. Who remembers what that means? Holler it out. Under the ban. It means it's reserved for the judgment of God. Why? Because the first fruits belong to the Lord. So that was the first city. That was the first fruits. Everything in there belonged to him. But when they went to Ai, what happened? God told them, now that you've given me the first fruits, all of the rest of this belongs to you. All he had to do was wait for one city, one city. And here's how we ended uh, the last time we were together. That purity, why do you change what's wrong? Because you're conformed to the image of Christ and because purity is the platform for your promotion. And we looked at Joseph and saw uh, that the hinge that caused uh, his elevation uh, was the fact that he refused to get his swerve on with Miss Potiphar. So then let's look on at verse 13. So first of all, he says, change what's wrong. That's the inward look that governs the self. And he says, chart your course. And, and when you begin to look at it, uh, here's, here's how Weiss translates it. Make smooth paths for your feet. Here's the message translation. Clear the path for long distance. Now, notice how both of them come together. Change what's wrong, it governs your inward conscience. Chart your course, it governs your outward conduct. So he's saying it has to begin on the inside, uh, but then what's on the inside will be seen on the outside. Jesus said it. It's what comes from within a person that defiles it. So change what's wrong, that's the correction that puts you back on track chart your course that's the consistency that keeps you on track so verse 12 you get right verse 13 you stay right that is pastor ford message called preparation for your destination we'll get back to this look at hebrews chapter 12 in just a moment you know if you're listening to this radio program it's because of the generosity of those who believe in what we're doing here at treasure truth sharing God's Word through radio with as many people as possible. And so if you appreciate that, if that's something that resonates with you, I want to ask you to give a financial gift 
so that we can continue to bring you Pastor Ford's teaching on this station each and every day. It truly is your generosity that makes this program a reality. You can give a gift by coming to our website and click on the link that says, Make a Donation. You can become an ongoing monthly giving partner, or you can make a one-time gift. Again, come to treasuretruthradio.org and click on Make a Donation. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. It's very simple, isn't it? That when you begin to look at what God is saying, first of all, you need to know where God is taking you, and you need to do everything that you can do to make sure that the trip is successful. Okay, okay, watch this. Think about David. Okay, David, uh, God said of him, I have found a man after my own heart. Now, what was so significant about that statement? He made it about David when he was 17. So he's not yet a man. He, he couldn't even go to war. You had to be 20 to go to war. And so he's 17 and God tells Samuel, I have found a man after my own heart. Now I like it. Here's why I like it. Because God is not speaking about David where he is right now. He's speaking of him ultimately where he intends to take him, or to put it a little better way, God is going to make him the man that he calls him as a boy. Aren't you glad about that? That God does not call you according to who you are right now and what you are right now. But God always calls you ultimately according to what he's going to make you. Okay, I hate to get the Bible in this, but... Yeah, Genesis 17. And God said to Abram, I'm going to change your name to Abraham. Abram means father. Abraham means what? Father of many. Here's my question. How could he call him a father of many when at that time he wasn't the father of any? Because God didn't call him according to his present condition, but his prophetic expectation. Here's all I'm saying. The writer of the book of Hebrews says, you got to know where you're going if you're going to work with God. Where is God wanting to take you? What is God trying to make you? And you work together with God in making sure that the trip is a good one along the way. Hmm. And so what did he do? So then you have a king's anointing on a kid. You still tracking with me? A king's anointing on a king. He's 17 and he's anointed as king. My question to you is, did he go to the throne the next day? What about the next year? How many years before he went to the throne? He's 17. He goes to the throne at, same time Jesus started his ministry, at 30. How many years is that? 13 years. For 13 years, a king's anointing is on a kid. That would have messed some of us up. That would have jacked some of us up, knowing that I'm going to go to the throne at 17. Can you imagine? Here it is now. And I'm going to show you. Here's my point. My point is this, that David knew where he was going. He knew who was taking him there. And he knew, verse 12, had to be applicable in his life as he fulfilled Verse 13. What do you mean by that, Pastor Ford? Okay, glad you asked. You asked another question. It is this. Remember, I gave you two passages. Look at them. 1 Samuel chapter 24, verse 6. 
And he said unto his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Twice he says it. First Samuel 26, 9. And David said to Abishai, destroy him not, for who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? Come on now. If you would have known since 17 you were going to be the king and Saul has messed up. He's chasing you, and David is told, he's in the cave, now's the time to get him. David went in, cut a piece off of his cloak, and went back out, and they said, why didn't you kill him? Because, can I fortize it? Can I contemporize it? Because even though I know I've been anointed as king, and that I'm going to be the next king, I've got to make sure that I do it Yahweh and not my way his way he will deal with Saul and I will get the position when God is ready to give it to me I will not take it myself that's what he's saying and the writer of the book of Hebrews is warning these Christians you're going back because it puts you in charge you get to bring the animals and you get to hold the sacrifice and you get to do this. But, but when you realize that you have everything you need, now your life becomes a life of dependency in the all-sufficiency of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God, where are you taking me? Where do you want me to go? And we need to work with God in seeing it come about. Let me ask you a question. What things in your life are causing you to stumble over where God is taking you? What person in your life is causing you to stumble? Now notice the analogies. The word path, you with me, is a picture of the tracks that a cart leaves in the sand. Everybody get that? The word path is a picture of the tracks that a cart leaves in the sand. Now, you know, he's getting ready to do something. He's going to go ahead and talk about uh, the next verse in this verse when, when he uses that word path. So the tracks, what do they have to do with anything? It is he's letting us know something that the wheels can be seen even though the cart is gone. Here now, the writer of the book of Hebrews is saying, listen. You're going somewhere, and God is taking you somewhere. But guess what? You're leaving tracks in the sand. So you want to make sure that you're on the right path and you're doing what's right because somebody else may be following you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, let me read it. You are an epistle known and read of every man. Annie Johnson Flint has a poem. Let me read it. It's called The World's Bible. Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in his way. He has no tongue but our tongues to tell men how he died. He has no help but our help to bring them to his side. We are the only Bible the careless world will read. We are the sinner's gospel. We are the scoffer's creed. We are the Lord's last message given in deed and word. What if the type is crooked? What if the print is blurred? What if our hands are busy? with work other than his? What of our feet are walking where sin's allurement is? What of our tongues are speaking of things his lips would spurn? How can we hope to help him and hasten his 
return. Sometimes they will not read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but they will read us. Psalm 86 says this, when walking through the valley of Baca, tears, weeping, Bochum, leave a well in the valley. Here's what he's saying. You're in the desert, and it's a dry and thirsty place, but you found water. Don't cover it up. Put a sign, water here. That's what he's telling us, that you and I influence individuals' lives. Write this down. It's down at the bottom. God can use one person to get you where he wants you to be. God can use one person to get you where he wants you to be. Now, isn't that what he did with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? God used one person to get us where he wanted us to be. And, and that's what he's saying in this passage. He's saying, listen, God is taking us somewhere. He's taking us to maturity in Jesus Christ. And so, evaluate yourself in the light of what the Bible says everybody needs to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Everybody needs this. Who doesn't need the Bible? Raise your hand. Who doesn't need prayer? Raise your hand. Who doesn't need stewardship, fellowship, evangelism, worship? See, nobody raised their hand. Why? Because we need them all. Then if you're going to go where God's going to take you, what does it take to get there? Hmm. Let me read this and I'm done. You call me master and obey me not. You call me light and see me not. You call me the way and walk me not. You call me life and desire me not. You call me wise and follow me not. You call me fair and love me not. You call me eternal and seek me not. You call me gracious and trust me not. You call me noble and serve me not. You call me mighty but honor me not. You call me just but fear me not. So if I condemn you, blame me not. The writer of the book of Hebrews says, like Paul, when he said, there's one thing I do. Forgetting the things that are behind, I press toward the mark of the upward call in Christ Jesus. I hope you're pressing it. That's the truth to our hearts, our Father. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. Well, you're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. A message called Preparation for Your Destination. And, you know, as you think about where you're going to be spending your eternity, I hope that with full assurance and confidence, you know that you are going to be spending your eternity with Christ. You're going to be in heaven with Him, celebrating for all of eternity. But maybe you're not so sure about that, or maybe you don't know that you're headed there. You're pretty confident that if uh, Christ were to come back or you were to die today, that you would not be spending your eternity with Him. But as you've been listening to Pastor Ford's teaching, you're realizing that that's something you want. You want to know that your sins are forgiven. You want to know that you can be secure in your relationship with God, that you'll be spending your eternity with Him, then I want to encourage you to call and talk with someone at this toll-free number. They'd be happy to talk with you about what it means to know that Christ has died for your sins, that because He shed His blood on the cross and then rose again, conquering sin and death, you can have your sins forgiven. You can have your eternity changed. Call this toll-free number. It's 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's one 888 need him. 
Well, thanks for listening today. I do hope you'll tune in next time. also want to say thanks to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.